Hi, and welcome to the Young Family Small Business Podcast, the show that deep dives into conversations with experts in small business, raising a young family, or are shining examples of mastery in both. My name is Ben Walker, and I'm the founder of Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants, and the host of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants. We've worked with thousands of business owners since we started in 2013, and we're best known for saving our client base a total of $17 million in tax and counting. For every dollar of tax we proactively save a small business, Inspire donates a day worth of access to life-changing food, water, health, or sanitation services to a family in need. If you're interested in speaking with an accountant to see how we could help your business, head to inspire.business forward slash chat. The next guest I've got on the show is Emily Gower, who is an inspirational writer, author, and speaker. After overcoming depression at the young age of 19, Emily devoted herself and her life to bringing writing and inspiration to the world. And she's now spent more than 15 years helping people live an extraordinary life. She's the author of more than 11 books on topics of self-help, entrepreneurship, and writing, uh, including Born Great. Emily produced an award-winning blog, Life Travels, in 2010, and it attracted thousands of readers. She shared the stage with influential individuals, including John D. Martini, uh, international best-selling author and the star of the movie The Secret. Emily's writings, programs, projects, uh, and speaking presentations have touched and moved thousands globally, uh, and she inspires people to reach for more. Her purpose-finding tool, the Inspiration Formula, uh, named close to my heart, uh, is licensed to consultants around the world who are dedicated to showing clients a lasting glimpse of their destiny on earth. I had a really good chat with Emily, and, and some of the things we talked about is uh, how she communicates uh, with her team around the turkey time, quail time, or eagle time. Uh, it'll make more sense. Uh, as you listen. Also, uh, boosting your personal brand by writing and speaking. They're the two key ingredients to boost your personal brand. How helpful time blocks are in your day for organizing your, your business and your, and your mind. Um, and also how important personal wellness is for fulfilling life and giving yourself creative energy for business. So uh, yeah, I really hope you enjoy um, the, the interview as much as I did. And uh, I've got some homework to do. Um, so thanks, Emily. I really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, hope everyone enjoys. Hey, Emily, so good to have you on the show. Uh, thanks, hey. thanks for making the time. You're welcome. My pleasure, Ben. Awesome. So the, the first question we always ask is, who's in your family? Tell us a bit about your family. Uh, great question. So I consider my family to be my partner. So I live with my partner and also I would say my mum. So I have other family members, obviously my dad and other siblings, but I'm particularly close um, with my partner and my mum. Uh, my mum and I are like besties. Um, some people know Mama Ray. She's kind of like iconic <laughs> so and super <laughs> adorable. But we're really best mates and she's worked with me in my business as well. So family for me is probably, you know, first and foremost, I would think my partner and my mum. But, um, but also then, you know, my partner's mum a little bit. But then up from there, it's really like friends who feel like family. So I think family for me is, is, is kind of like, you know, my bloodline family, but also mm. the people who feel like family. So family for me is a bit of a fluid concept, but, um, you know, I don't have children. Um, I think my business and my clients sometimes is children enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you can probably relate to that. You're kind of balancing yeah. both, right, with the kids as well. So, yeah, um, but yeah that's kind of how I define family. So we got like soul family, but also, you know, my mom and my partner. So mm, no, Cool. There you go. And, and so I know that there's challenges that come from running a business, um, but how do you and your partner sort of, what sort of rhythms or things that you do to keep that relationship really strong? 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's um because you know he's quite he's quite busy as well. So you know we're we're not in the same business. We're in like two different businesses. And even I would say these principles apply with my mom as well because she's mm. worked with me so much over the last eight years um, on different things from like you know working on client projects through to talking about like marketing and promotion. So I've really got both of them sort of involved, you know, in the business in a different way. But I think mm. with my partner and I, it's really you have to separate. This is relationship time. This is time where I need to talk about what's going on in my business or my life. And that's a two-way street. And this is time where we're working. So I'll love and support you from afar and give you a cheeky encouragement smack on the butt. Like, go, babe, you can do it. Like, <laughs> you kind of do that. But I think it's just having that nice division between, you know, when it when you're in which mode. Because, if you know, mm. honestly, I wake up in the morning, first thing on my mind is my mind pretty much goes into the office before my eyes are really open. It's just like, oh, maybe we could do this and this. And I've just had to come to understand that in terms of relationship, probably not the best time to like, you know, have quality time with him first thing in the morning during the week. So it's like, okay, we understand at the end of the day, there's there's certain things that we do just to wind down. Uh, we probably hit sort of 8, 8.30, depending on what we're doing, whether we're running trainings and we log off and there's a very conscious like, okay, cool. Um, if you want to have a nighttime, like rinse up in the shower, just connect, say hello, get back into your body. <laughs> it's very busy, get back in your body you know, watch a little Netflix or do a crossword together or hang out or just whatever. And so yeah. we have a really nice daily rhythm that um, works exceptionally well, that we always end the day on a really nice note that way. And I think it keeps us in a nice in a nice kind of flow. So if with my partner, I'd say it's about understanding that that kind of, you know, difference between the two, like they'll be on a weekend, we don't typically work and we'll just have quality time and that's family time or just for enjoyment or social time. And so there's a nice kind of flow and having that differentiation means that they don't really clash um, but I think with my mom, it's been quite interesting because she's very intimately involved in, you know, financials and in business. And so one of the things we had to learn over the years was to kind of learn how to communicate boundaries around work. So we actually came up with these cute little, uh, cute little phrases and we had to segment things. So I could be in the middle of something really creative and then she might message me with something that would be like financial admin. And all of a sudden my creative flow is like, it just stops, right? So we had to create this kind of language where we actually call it turkey. So if there's something that's like low level admin or, you know, something that needs to be done, which is kind of like not super high priority, but needs to be dealt with that she needs to help me with. Uh, she'll say, I've got a bit of turkey for you. And I'll say to her, hang on, give me three hours. I'll be with you at the end of the day. And so yeah. we've got this kind of like turkey is like really low level. And then we talk about quail. <laughs> quail is like the client work. And then eagle is like, are you ready for an eagle conversation? Which means uh -huh. I love your input on something that's really high level creative. And that kind of allowed us, has allowed us to flow around each other from a work point of view but also because otherwise I get really jarred by that creatively but also it's allowed us to maintain a mother-daughter relationship as well as an adult friendship as well as a working partnership so kind of a little bit different for two different relationships but there's definitely things that we do that keep that in flow otherwise the work just honestly takes over everything <laughs> yeah yep absolutely yeah. it's always hard to sort of keep that going back and yeah. Um, yeah. And I even, even at sort of extended family barbecues and stuff, I look after a couple of uncles and aunts and stuff for, for their oh, tax. And, and then the worst uh, conversation comes in. Sometimes it's like, oh, oh come on. It's like, I know. Five, that, five. There, has be, there has to be that communication. I think it's just that respect. You know, I had to explain, I only figured it out probably four years ago. It was like, I had to explain mm. to my mum, like, okay, when I'm like working on something really creative, I'm writing a piece and filming a video, I'm doing something like that. And you yeah. ask me about, financial monthly reports, it's going to throw me off. So I'm happy to do that. Yep. I'm happy to do that, uh, the reporting, but in a certain flow. And so then I even have my week scheduled now according to certain flows. So things slot into time slots. And that also makes everything a lot easier as well. And when she understands the flow of that, it's, a, it's really enabled me to have more flow, but also to keep, 
yeah, to keep that warmth. Because sometimes like, oh, hang on, right in this moment, I just want to have a conversation with you as my daughter um, yeah. and, you know, be able to call your mom for a moment. Like, because I don't normally do that. And then other times I'm like, well, I really want to get your opinion on this particular thing in my business. So I'm constantly shifting roles inside that relationship and so mm. is she. So it's like, how do we communicate so that you know where you're at, when you need to be there and vice versa so that we can flow together and not kind of get all caught up and tangled. So it took us a while to work it out, but I think we got a good flow and we just pick birds, turkey, quail, <laughs> eagle. <laughs> you're like a, a cheat, kind of like a little cheat sheet of language and it just lets my yeah. brain know, okay, cool. She's not dumping a detail on me that I now have to go and think about. She's saying, mm. I've got something for you later. Okay, cool. That really works. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, That's, uh... it's really helped with fulfillment, but also workflow too. Yeah, no, fantastic. Well, would you be able to give us some background on you? Um, and yeah. Maybe, maybe sort of walk us through right from maybe school or after school through to what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. So what a ride. <laughs> what a ride. <laughs> I love it. So I, uh, I left school. I did actually really well in school. I'm very studious. I think being a writer, I kind of have an affinity for academia, but I, had, I did really well in school, but then, so I could have been a doctor or a lawyer or pretty much anything, but that was kind of the point where I finished school and went, all right, but my head and my heart, not necessarily, you know, going in the same direction. So mm. I went to university, I did six months of sociology and philosophy at UQ, which is Bachelor of Arts, I think lovingly is the degree you sometimes do if you don't know what you want to do. So it's like, for me, it was like a filler because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I kind of intuitively knew I liked you know, psychology. And I thought about being, becoming a psychologist. I would have been an awesome psychologist. <laughs> and, but I did six months of uni, I dropped out. And then I kind of fell into this seven month course doing neurolinguistic programming. So I ended up doing NLP. I really fell in love with the world of personal development, actually quite young, even before I left school. And so through that kind of course that I did, obviously that was a huge emotional education for me to start to understand myself and like how I worked. But then through that, I got connected to like an entrepreneurial network and so in about 2007, after I'd finished that course, I had one full-time job. I, has, I haven't had a full-time job since 2007. I lasted about three months. Uh, I always knew deep down, I think, that I, I felt like I had more in me than to kind of work in a job that way, just mm. not the right job, I guess. But, but so I kind of left that job. And then after that, I felt I was quite depressed. I really didn't know what I was going to do. And I say I kind of fell through the cracks between school and life because mm. I hadn't quite figured out what, what to build my life around. But for me, it was like, you know, I went to the Breakthrough Experience with Dr. John Martini, and a lot of you know John from like the movie The Secret. Um, John's an amazing mentor. He's still a good friend of mine today. And so I went and that was really my turning point, I think, from a personal point of view. Mm. Uh, I was quite, you know, I was quite depressed. I was kind of struggling with self-worth and um, self-love, self-belief, I think all of that. And so that helped me to break through. And then after that kind of pivotal moment for me personally, I started attracting opportunities. And because I was already connected with an entrepreneur network, one of my contacts rang me up and said, you know, do you know you can get paid to write? And it was like this mind-opening moment. I went, I actually had no concept of that whatsoever. I didn't even know I could own a business. I just knew that I had this calling for, for an original path and to not kind of follow the by the book, you know, way of life to get a job and, you know, do a degree and whatever. And so I began writing and I got jobs writing articles for entrepreneur magazines. And then because I was studying with John in 2008, um, I got offered the opportunity to edit one of his best-selling books for Hay House. So yeah, here's wow. me like, Jeez. you know, to a huge <laughs> opportunity. I mean, I think that's what happens when you get really in flow and you figure out who you are and what you'd love to do. Hmm. I think always in business and in life, that's actually the most important thing to have clarity on. It's like, hmm. what do you love doing? It's hmm. actually, you know, it's a commonly asked question, but it's the most important question because if you don't have that, you're never going to have joy. You're never going to have fulfillment. So 
I got opportunity and John, I think John just knew that I was inspired by his work. He knew that I was determined that I was young and bright and I, I wanted to do it. So here's me, age 21, going, yeah, I'll put a bestseller manuscript together for Hay House. <laughs> it's oh, like, wow. okay, I'm just going to say yes and figure it out later, which I managed to do. And that mm-hmm. kind of really set everything else, I think, in motion. So when I look back at how everything has evolved, it really feels like it's kind of flowed naturally. And it's funny, in hindsight, you can see how it's been an evolution, but sometimes looking forward, you have no idea how it's going to work mm. out. So yeah, I edited for John. And then after that, um, I actually got an opportunity to edit and write my first book, so called my, my own book. And then as soon as that came out, I was 23 at that point, And I'd been doing a lot of writing for people. Uh, a woman approached me at an event and said, you're going to teach me how to write a book. And I remember thinking to myself, I was super jet lagged. I'd just come back from Canada. I was standing going, oh, like, you know, I just didn't really, I wasn't kind of there in my brain. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I was like, where am I again? It's like, am I Canada, Toronto, Sydney? I don't know where I am. And I just remember she said, you know, you're going to teach me to write a book. And she had so much certainty. And I remember thinking to myself, I could probably do that, actually. And I've, you know, I've been coaching authors for more than a decade now um, mm. because, of, you know, since that moment. And that kind of led to a lot of other trainings. And I think, um, you know, that then led to us eventually doing niche publishing for authors. And alongside this, I've done a lot of personal development trainings. I've done a lot of speaking, you know, a lot of programs helping people with business, especially coaches, healers, speakers that want to establish profile, don't have, they they don't really have an idea on how to kind of package and profile themselves. But I mean, I've just had, and I've had an amazing journey, really. Like it's not always easy. Like you say, it's not, I kind of laugh with like challenges in business. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's so easy. Um, It's really not. It's a personal journey. I mean, I don't know anything that grows you as much as having a business does. And I look at how much I've grown personally since, you know, when I left school to like, you know, 17 years later. Mm. And I think I'm the same person, like inside I'm the same person, but the expression and how I do life is so different to, to 17 years ago, 16, 17 years. So it's been a pretty amazing journey, but I basically went from, you know, personal development to then writing for entrepreneurs to then working for John to then writing my own book to then, you know, coaching people write books and then we published and alongside that, yeah, there's just been a lot of training and coaching. So it's been pretty ama- pretty amazing journey actually. And I, I sometimes on days where I get frustrated or I'm overthinking something, I just remind myself, you have a pretty amazing life already. <laughs> like it's, I have, I've had such an amazing journey and, you know, just had some incredible opportunities to work with amazing people. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, awesome. There you go. And I think um, we, we laughed earlier. I, I found out that you were the Ant Hill Online 30 Under 30 winner in the same year I was in 2014. Yeah, I know. I, was, I, I, won, it, I won it for the first time in 2012 and then 2014. Ah, so I was like, oh, okay. and I actually, I had a couple a couple of entrepreneurial friends that are kind of around my around my age, like, you know, 34, but most of my kind of contacts are much older, actually. So mm. when you when you emailed me and said, oh, my God, what are the chances <laughs> that we just happened to win the yeah. same award in the same year, like, you know, what, six years before you even knew each other? And that's pretty cool, actually. So, yeah, yeah it's amazing. Which is, that was the year I, I actually put a project together where we had 365 people's stories and we put them into mm. one book, so one page per person. That was a large project. That was the first year I opened my company, actually. It was like, why not open a company? And, and do this, you know, because I went from being a sole trader to having a business. And mm. um, it was a huge, a massive project. But that was what that award was all about, was about helping people to kind of share their message with the world. It was pretty cool. It was amazing. But, yeah, I love that. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Cut <laughs> <laughs> from the same cloth sort of in a way. <laughs> that's it. It's so uh, mm. it's, it's not random. It's what's the word for that? Synchronous. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trust the writer to come up with the word, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it synchronous? I went, well, that was meant to be. So that was Yeah. Awesome. Wow. There you go. Um, and so, you, so you've written 11 books now uh, and you're, you're writing your 12th. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I love to write. My heart of hearts, I'm, that's me. I love to write. I'm just a writer. I mean, I, don't, I, lo- I just love words. I love inspiring people. So 
Yeah, I have 11 books. Um, about probably three or four of those are other people's content where I put together like an anthology or had an interview series with other people. And I have probably four self-development-based books, a couple of books on book writing. So, yeah, I have a, I have a lot of big collection of books. Um, I've actually stacked them up the other day. I went, that's a lot of books. <laughs> that's a lot yeah. of books. But in my 20s, I, was, I put out like two a year, several wow. years in a row, and I was just... Jeez you know, busy. But then I, since I put out my, uh, my latest one, Born Great, which was 2019, I'm, I only just started writing my next one, actually. And this one's actually the easiest thing I've written. I love it. It's coming out later, mm. sometime later this year. So. Mm. No, fantastic. And so as you've written those and, and I, like you've helped lots of business owners also write a book, yeah. what's, what's been the sort of impact that um, authoring something can have on, on your personal brand or your business? Like, could you walk us through? Yeah, well, things? I think, yeah, I think it's, Pretty commonly accepted that you know if someone is a an, uh, you know an expert in their space, if they have a book, it just boosts that credibility. But I've always liked, I've always liked how the book has the ability to build a warm relationship without you even being there. Mm. And I think that's what, for me always been the magic of it is that. Uh, and I've seen this with a couple of my books. I have one of my books which is a book about book writing. I remember I had um, a client of mine, and so he had introduced me to another contact and said, you know, you two need to meet. And she was a little bit dubious, like, you know, who, why is he introducing me? And then he said, maybe you should have a conversation. So then her and I went and had coffee when I used to live in Newstead still. And we went and had a coffee and I took a copy of the book and I just gave it to her as a gift. And of course, that warmed the relationship right up. And then she went away and she read it inside of a couple of days. And then she's like, oh, my God, pardon the pun, but we're like totally on the same page here. We, I really resonate. <laughs> I love you. You know, I love what you're about. And then she became a client. And so I've always liked that. You know, whether it's, you know, you're looking to publish it to mm. enroll someone as a client or, or to build that relationship, or even whether you're writing purely because you want to touch and move and inspire someone, which I've mm. also done. I, I always love that power in books and they make great gifts and they're an awesome, mm. like extra product out as well. So I think all around publishing books is quite incredible. And I've, I've loved seeing a lot of authors get amazing opportunities. And some of the authors we've worked with have then been picked up by bigger publishers and, mm. you know, had their books in stores across Australia. And it's amazing. I mean, it just opens, it opens doors, you know, to having other opportunities and people just see you differently. Like the moment that we wrote, you know, I'm an author, blah, blah, what are your books about? I mean, for me, I tell them how many I've got and they're like, whoa, that's, you're really impressed by that. But yeah. just the individual books, I mean, people, are, they just get so moved by that. Um, it kind of makes you more memorable. So I've always loved that process. Yeah. Fantastic. And I think that, that sort of like publishing a book um, goes hand in hand with sort of building personal brand and, and you do a lot Absolutely. of work with people on personal brands. What's your methodology or formula for helping someone boost their personal brand? You need to speak and write. Ah. <laughs> like, I actually think critically, and I mean, I'm, I think about this for myself as well, because I've always had like, mm. you know, the Emily Gower brand, I mean, I've had that all the way through and now mm. I had my company brand for a while and now we kind of just focus on really personal brand because really we're niching into like coaching, speaking, author, training. Pers building personal brand, I've found always the most powerful for that, but speaking and writing are crucial. So, you know, whether it's our book or whether it's social media content, articles, like we have articles that go out on like Elephant Journal or even anything from like LinkedIn to Medium to Facebook, different platforms, um, Instagram, email, to your email list, setting up content, absolutely important. And then video, which is that, obviously that other dimension, speaking. I mean, you know this from, because you sort of have a personal brand as well, with like within or kind of beside, I guess, your company that you're then going out and doing speaking opportunities and that raises the brand. And I actually think those two single-handedly speaking and writing are critical, like absolutely important because every everything I look back and I think all the opportunities that appeared, you know, on my career path and like mm. kind of my trajectory were because I'd written something profound and meaningful or, um, or I'd written the right thing to the right person 
or because I'd been somewhere where I'd had the opportunity to speak in front of a room. And that's how Martini knew who I was so yeah. young is because I was in his training programs and was speaking and would speak in front of the room or speak in front of the facilitators at his events. And that's how he knew. So it's like, that's how you make yourself known. Um, mm. And I see a lot of people like with personal brands sharing, resharing other people's content. And there's nothing wrong with like referencing someone else's content. But if you really want to be iconic, I think, and you want to stand out, you have to develop your own thoughts and your own perspective on something, or at least your own take on something mm. so that people will distinguish that as you versus, you know, you just sharing something that someone else has already said. So that's something that I see a lot. And um, and writing, I mean, writing a book is a great way to develop your own kind of perspective and attitude on something because it forces you to, you have to. It's like you're going to put 30,000 words or 40,000 words down on the page without simultaneously getting clearer on what you're really about. So yeah. writing a book can be profound from that point of view. But yeah, I think personal branding, speaking and writing in any kind of platform that you possibly can to the right networks, Hmm. Any opportunity that you can get to do that. I've been I'm writing and speaking for a, um, a company at the moment. They're literally paying me to write and speak inspirational content. It's like sweet spot for me. It's awesome. <laughs> um, I really love it. It's like, ooh, like a pig in mud. I'm super happy about that. But yeah, I love doing that. But yeah, speaking and writing, that's how you build influence. Mm, uh, fantastic. Yeah. And, and I know that a lot of business owners um, aspire to write, write, write a book. Um, yeah. What's your tips? Like, because it can seem super overwhelming. Uh, what's your tips yes. on getting started and what getting the process started. might look like? Yeah, yeah. I always say that there's three things that you should do first and before you even actually start writing anything because a lot of people go, well, I guess I just open, I guess I just open a Word document and then I just start writing. Oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, please don't do that. So the first three things that I always recommend is one, you need to have a really clear vision for yourself as an author. So this book needs to have a driving why behind it. So you're not clear about, what this book is really for or it's kind of just a nice thought but you're not really engaged in it like mm. you don't have a drive for it you're probably not going to do it and so you need that vision always has to lead everything and that's true in business it's true in life you need to have a compelling reason to do it um so the vision is really important you need to be able to see this book as part of your future in your business as part of your career you need to see this as part of your future aspiration and once you have that vision then you can start working on the, the book idea which is like step two it's like what is this book actually going to be so whenever i've coached you know, authors in the past who go, we'll have a conversation about, like a detailed conversation about what is the topic, what is the genre, where would you find this in a bookstore, who exactly are we writing this to, what are we writing about? And we get really clear even down to whether the inside of the book is going to have colour or black and white. So you can have um, that kind of level of detailed conversation as well because we want to see the product really clearly. And then, and then we talk about what kind of content's going inside the book. So that's like what you would call table of contents. So we call it a book outline. Um, a structure and like a blueprint basically for what's going inside this actual book in between the covers. And if you don't have those three things in place, you're going to have a lot harder time, I think, writing the book. But I, I always laugh, you know, when authors, when I have helped a lot of authors structure content over the years as well. And when we organize their thoughts, which I think is one of the biggest things people struggle with, <laughs> when we organize their thoughts and their content, they go, oh, I can do this. And all of a sudden it's not so hard because then really you're writing a series of like blog articles or shorter pieces and I do that with my own books. You know, I just break my content down into smaller pieces, but you need to have that big picture vision and you need to be able to see the end product in your mind really clearly and always work backwards from that. Otherwise you get lost, you know, you get really stuck. Yeah, no, awesome. And so let's say you've got those things in place, you you write those 30 or 40,000 words, which um, even that's a feat in itself. What happens after that? Because that's kind of like, almost, it feels like, only half of the job's done. <laughs> yeah, like what do I do then? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, you, you basically have 
like once your manuscript is written, you have a few different pathways you can take it. So, and it depends on your vision and your goal. So some people have like the fantasy or the vision or the idea or the dream of like having a big you know, traditional publisher, pick it up like Wiley or New Holland Publishing. And you can go down that road. You need a literary agent. There's a, it's a whole different process. Otherwise, you can go for that kind of extreme, the other extreme, which is just to self-publish it and go through that process. Or you've got something in the middle where you can kind of work with someone to help you to self-publish it. So, I mean, my goal has always been like in a lot of most of my authors actually will start out with a self-published book. But my goal has always been to make the book look like a bestseller, even if it's not a bestseller. And it should look like it came out of a, a top top end traditional publishing house, even if it didn't, because that then increases your chances of that A, having that actually happen where they pick it up. And I've had that happen with two of my clients now, or at the very least, it's going to help you sell the book because it's going to look amazing, feel amazing. So we get very creative, very detailed with you know what this actually looks like. But yeah, you kind of got that middle ground of you know, you need some coaching and support because self-publishing is amazing because anyone can publish anything. And I think that's incredible. The downside of that is that there's no quality control <laughs> at all. And so I know that probably everyone listening has seen at least one self-published book that looks like it was self-published. You don't want your book to look like a, you know, a home DIY craft project. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you want it to, especially because it's representing your business and your brand and your name, you know, the quality of your product really does reflect on who you are. So that's where you sort of need that middle ground, which I've done a lot of like niche coaching and, and you know, support in is, is kind of bringing that expert experience and the professional background in the publishing to produce the best quality product that you possibly can. Yeah, fantastic. And, and how do you, what distinguishes a book from being, let's say, self-published or, yeah, I'm going to use that context, so self-published versus, versus self- like traditional publisher? Or not ending up in uh, bookstores. <laughs> that, that's, so, are you, are you talking about like mm-hmm. uh, what distinguishes them, as in like the product itself, or what have I normally seen happen? Like maybe yeah. a little bit more clarity on your question. Yeah, no, that's a good. So, so I kind of see that like uh, the big publishing houses would end up in bookstores easily because they have yes. huge, huge contracts Correct. with them. But I'd say it's extremely hard for a self-published book to end up in you know all, all the bookstores at the airport shops, all that. Sort it of can stuff. be. Yeah. So what, what do you see makes that jump from a self-published yeah. book into being Yeah, it's a great question. So your, I mean, your quality of your product is one component of that. No two mm-hmm. ways about it. Like you need to have a book that has a market match that people are actually looking to read. You need to have, you know, you're thinking about the trends, what other books are in that genre. So the product itself is critical. But I've seen for the two clients of mine where they got picked up by a publisher after mm-hmm. releasing it self-published, both of them were very successful individuals in their own right. So, and different different industries, different fields, they were both had million dollar businesses. So they themselves had a lot of profile and had won had won awards and really established themselves. And it was it was like synchronous events, talking to the right person, being in the right place at the right time that yeah. led to that. Um, traditional publishers then picking the book up and wanting to take it on as a product. But I mean, the product is half of that, and then the other half of that is how much profile you already have. Because I mean, traditional publisher. Generally speaking, the, the the sweet spot for them, like the, you could be the miracle author for them. You would already have a big email database. You would already have some maybe reach on YouTube uh, mm-hmm. online. So you would be established, which is where the speaking and writing component mm-hmm. of having a personal brand comes in. So you, if you can show them that you have influence, they'll look at you as a sound investment. Because even though there's, you know, rose-colored glasses around, you know, the idea of like, oh, my, I got an advance and then I wrote my book and I, you know, I became JK Rowling or whatever. <laughs> you know, there's, there's sort of a fantasy about that. But at the end of the day, the publishers are in it to make money. So they're looking for books that will sell. And so if you can position yourself and build your profile up to the point where they'll see you as a good deal, then you'll have more more opportunities that way. 
So that definitely happened for these two particular clients. So. Yeah, no, very cool. That's um, it's a bit of a goal of mine is to uh, yeah, I've got a couple of couple of books left in me, and um, yeah, one of them is to actually get some sort of published stuff out to bookstores and, and that sort of thing. I've seen yeah, definitely. People. Well, you've you know you achieved a lot in your kind of niche in your industry, and I'm, from what yeah. I see, I mean, you're doing exactly the right thing. So you know, a lot of speaking, a lot of building profile, a lot of like success in the business and the impact that you guys are having. So you're a pretty good fit already, I think, for a publisher like that. So. Oh. Awesome. And then it's picking the right publisher too. Like you need the publisher that's actually aligned. I think Wiley would be a good publisher. I'm not, I'm just going to throw it out into the universe. Why not? Why not do that? Um, yeah. yeah, I'll just throw it out there. But, you know, Wiley, they'd be good just because of the topics. They do a lot of business books. They mm. publish like Jack Delosa. So you never know. Mm. You just have to be in the right place at the right time and have a good vision for it. So Yeah, awesome. I like it. You can do it. <laughs> uh, thanks for that. And and so the, the other thing I saw in your bio was around your, um, your travel, life travels, the travel yes. book that you wrote. Could you tell so us cool. a bit of background to that? And, oh, it's been uh, such a long time. Travel. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really neat. I was very inspired idea. I was actually in Bali at the time. It was mm. 2010, so a long time ago. 2010, and I was traveling in Bali, and I just had this idea. I was like, maybe I should blog. And this actually was is it actually a huge side note to, like, personal branding. Um, mm. And, again, it's about writing and speaking, right? So, uh, I just remember thinking, I wonder if I could just share my share my journey, like what I'm learning, what I'm seeing. And that blog for me was very much about sharing spiritual, personal insight while I was traveling. So it's like, oh, I, you know, great. Like I, you know, traveled here and I met these people, but this is what I learned on a personal level. And then I would put photographs of wherever I was traveling, which was awesome because people felt like they were traveling with me. And then I would share sort of personal insights. And that's what that blog became. So I started it. I blogged 14 days in a row. And then I was, from that point, I traveled for two to three years, basically on a one-way ticket without a home address, which I can't really even imagine doing today. I was so free <laughs> in my early 20s. Like, I'm just free. I don't have to worry about much. I just go with the flow. Yeah. I didn't even have a one-month plan, let alone a three-month plan or a three-year <laughs> plan. It was just no, none of that. It was quite awesome, actually. I think I had it figured out really early. And I was just traveling. And so I was blogging as I went. And then, yeah, I won two social media awards um, for that particular blog. because I blogged probably two or three years in a row. And I went everywhere from like China to Canada and Niagara Falls and down to different parts of Australia, um, all the way across to like New Zealand. So it was it was actually really neat. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, I got to a point where people started asking me, not how are you, but where are you? <laughs> it's like that's when you know you've created created a bit of a brand and you've created a bit of thing. It sort of created a trend. Um, I thought that was really interesting, actually. So uh, back then my brand was the word artist. So um, and also it fit really beautifully because I was blogging. And I was blogging and I was writing and doing work for people in that way. And so, yeah, I was, and people called me the word artist. It was kind of a nice brand, actually. Still still suits me today, but I think I just reached a point where I just out, I kind of outgrew myself in a way and mm. needed to just, you know, strip it back, I guess, to being dust, Emily Gowan, but not really dust, but just kind of purified it a little bit. But, yeah, that brand was amazing and that, I loved writing that blog. It was really quite incredible. Yeah, no, cool. And and did you sort of dive into sort of SEOE tactic things and uh, never all of that stuff or just, <laughs> never. just the side of it? Yeah, um, no, I've never actually relied on it, never used it. SEO, I think some businesses do extremely well with it. You mm. just have to find you have to find the right marketing flow that suits mm. what your your what your service is, what you're seeking to achieve. SEO just has never really been one of those things for me. And so I use social media and it was Facebook and Facebook followings. And then I had people who are returning to the blog. And then reading it and then reading it again and then waiting for the next installment. So consistency was a huge part of the success of that blog was that I was pretty consistent and religiously kind of devoted to it. Yeah. So that helped a lot. So it was social media mostly and posting blogs and articles. Now, today, 
this is like a side note, I don't know how the algorithms go. I think Facebook is, um, for example, is pretty sensitive about you posting anything that takes anyone off Facebook. So I think the algorithm today, probably not as good for blogging. Um, now I just post the article directly into Facebook with a photo attached to it. So it's a slightly different strategy, but back then you get loads of clicks, you know, I think, mm. you know 10 years ago, it's a different world, but that's how I was sharing um, that blog back then. Yeah, awesome. I'm a massive SEO nerd right back from probably 20, uh, 2013 onwards, early days of Inspire, and I, um, I kind of grew in the first three months pretty quickly, but only through my personal network. Yep. And uh, and after that, it kind of dried up. It was really shocking. And uh, and what I had to do was dive into digital marketing. And so from that, yeah, probably about sort of April, May, June 2013 onwards, I've just been a student of, of that sort of stuff. And uh, oh, I respect that. I, I think that's incredible. I think my my marketing blog is a little bit more. I just need the human being in front of me. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I think someone with the and other people are really good with like the data and the stats. And so I've kind of had to learn to put these two together. And a number on a screen is actually a human being. And mm. so there's that whole relationship shift around marketing. Oh, yeah, marketing is just meeting people. Mm. So if there's numbers involved and stats involved, great. That's part of that process of building relationships. So. Yeah, the SEO, I think, always just did my head in. And if I ever engage it, I'll have to delegate it. <laughs> it just yeah. won't be. Well, Not my primary flow. And, and it actually sounds like it's um, it's something you're already doing. Like, I guess, from from my understanding of, of uh, where Google's going is it's more of that sort of human approach. Like, what does yeah. actually a human want to see? And if you're yes. posting regularly, it's good stuff. It connects they with people. Um, rather than, like, going, I think, early days, you could kind of game it. Um, and just yeah. like keyword stuff, I think they called it. But yeah, so it sounds like what you were doing is actually perfect for. Kind of works, yeah. yeah. But it's just real, real warm network of network of network. And I found for me that it's actually where all my great successes come from. All my opportunities have come from wow. people who know people who know people who know people. And I look at pretty much every speaking opportunity I've ever had. Someone mm. will put me forward for something. Even how I won Entrepreneur Awards, the Anhill Entrepreneur Awards, as a friend put me forward. So. It's like yeah. networks of networks of networks. And if you take care of your people, your people will take care of you. So um, yeah, yeah. inspire and touch a lot of lives and write and speak and share your view and you add value to people's lives. No way that's not going to come back around tenfold. So. Mm, awesome. There you go. Um, and, and I understand you've done a fair bit in personal development. Um, Just a little bit. Sort of an understatement with me. See my teen when you were, yeah, really young. Really young. 19, I found cool. John's work. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Um, and, and so, yeah, I've got a couple of questions around this sort of stuff, but what are your balance, what are your strategies on balancing personal care or wellness uh, with the demands of being a, a business owner? <laughs> well, I always say being a business is a little bit like changing a tire on a moving car <laughs> or on a moving <laughs> truck. It's like you're moving yeah. forward and then you're like, oh, I need to make a big change. It's like mm. there's always constantly feel like you're in this state of like it's a work in progress. But there has mm. definitely been some learning curves for me in balancing wellness and self-care. And um, when I was probably 28 or 29, like after I opened my business when I was 26, about eight years ago, and uh, I, that that point, I got really busy. Before that, I was sort of going with the flow. I was doing a bit of writing work or I'd have coaching clients by that point. Mm. And I was just flowing. It wasn't making a ton of money. It was like maybe 40, 50 grand a year. But at that point, I was still traveling. So I didn't really have rent. It was awesome. <laughs> it was such a simplified life. It was fabulous. Um, I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was just kind of going with the flow. And then as soon as we, like I opened the company, everything got more complicated. And it's yep. just the way, this just the way I describe it. Even today, it's, I know it's still more complicated than it used to be when I first started out. And everything got really complex and I started working seven days a week. And it was like, mm-hmm. suddenly Jeez. I was, I had to hire a team. That wasn't an option anymore. Before that, I was very just solo, you know, just having the occasional person help me here and there. But then I was like, okay, next level, 
need to level this up. And I was working a lot and I just didn't really have a boundary between myself and the business. And it was like a blend. Everything just blended. And I'd work at all different times of day and all different days of the week. On the weekends, I'd be like working on a book. And then during the week, I'd be like all over the place. And I didn't really have any kind of separation between personal wellness. It's like, what? I wasn't really even thinking about it. It wasn't really on my mind. And so I did burn out physically, a little bit emotionally, but Mostly, I think physically, and I was really exhausted. And I had to hit that point where I was like, I need to take care of my body and my health because at this point, I'm so tired that I can't execute my own vision. It's mm. like I'm at that point where I can't mm. take anything forward anymore. And so I had to start learning to look after my health. And I found the world of um, Indian medicine and Ayurveda. Yeah, so, I, um, in, I think Ayurveda is for me the best thing that I found for my body, just incredible and, and useful on a daily basis to kind of keep me balanced to understand how my specific body works. But so there was definitely a physical recovery journey. Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of detoxing in the last three and a half years, eating better foods, peeling certain foods out. So there's a physical element to that. And that's very profound. Like I'm on her, I take herbs all the time, like every day, different supplements. I think you need to understand how to fuel the Ferrari. Like you need to be able to do that (laughs) because if you're, if you're rubbish, everything else is rubbish. It's just the way it is when you own the business. Um, and you can't initiate it, successfully grow it because your channels aren't clear, I guess. Mm. So there, mm. there was definitely the physical element of that, but there was also the emotional side. And it was like having value on myself and learning gradually, like one kind of one boundary or one change at a time to not sacrifice myself for the business, but to learn how to put my energy in and out of the business at different points and to have things like time blocks. So Mm. it's like, how do I do this? I mean, early on, it was insights like, oh, I need some time just for me and my spiritual reflections or my personal development. So I would then start putting boundaries in it. It was like, I just need to push back. So I I was, I remember a client, I had a client text message me 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. And I remember thinking to myself, I was just relaxing, like going to sleep as you do. Well, as I do anyway, on a Saturday night, I'm not really a party girl, but and I remember thinking to myself, this sucks. I actually don't like this at all. I was like, yeah. I'm going to change that. So then I, I kind of put new boundaries in. So clients don't text message me. They email me. They don't call me because I don't answer. Even if I see their call coming and I don't answer it, uh, I'll because everything's routed through email. So I've kind of decided how that business part of the business runs. And then I, I honor that boundary. So it was like pushing back a little bit and everything gets accomplished. It's organized. Mm-hmm. It's just organized differently. So there's no interference with that was one thing. It's no interference with my personal energy field. I get to have a say in how that runs. And then it was things like, you know, deciding that all my client calls and sales calls and everything would sit on one day of the week. So Thursday and organizing the week. So putting time blocks in and all of that allows me to go, okay, this is now my time. Um, and I know that if I do something that that like I run a seminar or something that goes after 9 p.m. at night, I start getting annoyed because that's mm. really my log off time. So I've kind of learned these things just through practice and they didn't happen all at once. It's not like I had an epiphany one day and just put 15 boundaries in place. I kind of learned it gradually and went, that doesn't actually work. And then I figured out that, it, yeah, if I'm rubbish, everything else is rubbish. So hmm. I think it was just a gradual journey of yeah, pushing back and organizing time blocks and having little things like that language that I have with different team to say, this is when you can catch me. This is when I'm not available. Just so you know, I'll be over here doing this at this time. I'd like to honor that. I'll go back to you later. So having all those boundaries and, I just found that helps a lot with personal wellness. Um, so it's probably just as much physical as it is emotional, I would say. Yeah. Yep. No, there you go. And then where would you recommend people start sort of looking into that sort of physical health and care element as a business owner? I yeah. Guess, as a context, so. Well, I think you need, to, you need to understand your physical body. So mm. for me, though, there's actually an amazing clinic. I'll give them a shout out because they've just been mm. huge in my healing. For sure. a clinic actually in Brisbane called Back to Health. Yep. So back to health are in West End. 
um, or Montague Road. But anyway, they're they're amazing. Mm. So they're all Ayurvedic, um, Ayurvedic medicine, Ayurvedic doctors, and they're they're just it's profound. The, the mm. healing that I've seen, experienced in my own life, as well as the healing I've seen in like even my mum, for example, it's a beautiful mum, Ray. She had been told that post menopause she would never lose weight. And I'm, what a stupid thing to say to someone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just go, that is just, you know, why would you say that to someone? So she'd been trying to lose weight after having four pregnancies, whatever. And um, after being told that, she went and started applying Ayurvedic principles and medicine to her life and she lost 14 kilograms. Um, yeah, and she's lost even more weight now. So she, I've seen that in her life, but also for me. I mean, I had, just from a health level, I had probably half a day a week of good creative energy left. I was tapped out. I was exhausted. <laughs> I was really stressed. I was super wound up. I had tons of bloating, a lot of gut issues, leaky gut. My liver was overworked. I mean, I was heading for a bad breakdown uh, and they pulled it right back in. I mean, I have so much more energy. I have good creative energy every day of the week now. It's just amazing. I mean, the transmission was huge. So I think, you know, that really started for me in understanding how my specific body works. So in Ayurveda, they talk about, you know, the three dosha. Um, doshas are like the different elements. So some people have more fire in them, which is my dominant element. <laughs> a lot of fire. Other people are more like airy and like, you know, they go with the flow a little bit. And then you have like people who are super chilled out and grounded are like more like the Samoan kind of individuals and they're a little bit more relaxed. And so you understand that different bodies are made up of different components. And then you start mm. to understand what your body needs. So I don't drink coffee and I don't have caffeine and don't eat chili for a reason because I know that that will agitate my body. So just understanding those little things to go, okay, so we just avoid that and have this instead. And I think that really makes a difference because, you know, if I go through, if I go through a day and I'm like cranky and, you know, wound out, it's just pissed off at the world or frustrated or impatient, that is not going to help anyone or anything. It's just yeah. not. So I think it's just understanding, yeah, how your specific body actually works so that you can be in your business better. Um, so really feeling the Ferrari. So, and everybody's body is slightly different. Like, you know, my partner and I are um, both Pitta, which is like that fire, very mm. self-leadership driven, very impatient, like to get things done, like control and order, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but that can go to an extreme. It can be too much. Yeah. But secondarily, I've got bartering. He has like what they call kapha. And so he's more, a little bit more grounded than me, which is awesome for me as a woman. <laughs> um, and I'm a little bit like, woo, like, you know, I just go over the place. And mm. so understanding that so I understand how he works and I also understand myself and also my mom like she loves the hot weather I don't like the hot weather I'm already yeah. running hot so it's just understanding that and I just found that's been huge for me in business and also in life but um but yeah just I think you have to understand where your body's at and be really honest first and foremost like are you actually okay because mm. if you're not okay then that's something's a problem and I think was it Richard Branson that said if you have a problem in your business that's not a problem if you have a problem with your health or your family that's a problem yeah. And I like his sense of priority that, you know, your body and your health and your well-being and your loved ones, always number one. Mm. And then after that, you know, anything in business can always be solved. And I, I think it's kind of nice stuff with me over the years. Yeah, absolutely. How good. And that was a, that was an awesome conversation at the end. I didn't expect that. <laughs> a lot of, I got a whole like mini yeah. PhD on like weird Ayurvedic medicine and lung beans too, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it works. Like I had to mm. figure it out because at first I just, it was like career work, career work, career work, and nothing mm. else, even at the cost of like basically not really having intimate, long-term intimate relationships and mm. being sort of close to my family, but not really. And I was really kind of sidelining a lot of things. And it was just through breakdown, really, that I went, actually, what I want is holistic success. And I want yeah. to have fulfillment in multiple areas. And yes, I want to inspire the world with my words. And I absolutely, like, brings me so much joy to, to work with people and coach and speak. And I love doing that. 
I also dearly love my partner. I dearly love my mom. I love my health and my body. And, you know, sometimes I step out of being a business owner and go, I'm just a 34-year-old chick and I want to take care of that too. So having to learn that, I always kind of joke that in business you become a little bit like, I'm not going to say schizophrenic, but like you have multiple personalities because you own the business. (laughs) When you own the business, you have a CEO that's like, I will do anything to make this succeed. I will sacrifice and blood and sweat and tears and work harder and let's go. But then you, if you're, you know, obviously most of the people I think would be like paying themselves out of the business, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the employee in the business too, but you have to take care of the employee. So especially if that's also you. So I had to learn to get those two communicating to each other because sometimes the, sometimes the employee is like, I'm actually really tired and I could use a break boss. And the boss yeah. is like, go hard, I work more. And I was kind of been amused at that, you know, sort of dynamic where they, they need to work together. But you need to work with yourself and yeah, otherwise nothing works. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, and and if anyone wants to follow follow what you're doing, where are they best checking you out? Is it Facebook or website? I think Facebook and Instagram are good. So um, also you can jump on my website. So as long as you spell my last name accurately, you'll find me because I'm the only Emily Gower with an O-R um, on the web. So that's how that for SEO, not that, but everyone spells it wrong. So um, so yeah, you can go to emilygower.com um, or mm. go through to um, yeah Facebook or Instagram and also jump on my YouTube channel because that's brewing ah. this year moving forward. So there'll be a lot of inspirational um, content, but video content coming out too. So yeah, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, definitely the best platforms. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, and anyone keen on uh, looking into that the book that you're going to publish this year, where do they go for that one? Is that? Uh, yeah, you could definitely follow my socials for that because I will yep. always post when there's a new book coming out. <laughs> um, but if you want some inspiration, you know, my last mm. book is, I think, quite inspiring. It's a two and a half year project. Amazing, amazing piece, yep. very deep, has a lot of wisdom in it about really the best wisdom that made the difference for me in, in being able to create the life and the business that I have now. Um, so that one is called Born Great, and you can find that on my website. So on the tab on the menu bar, you can go and have a look at it. So Born Great's quite inspiring too. Actually, Dean Martini wrote the forward for it. So that was kind of nice. Oh, yeah, good. Pretty cool, yeah. Full yeah, circle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. It. All right, well, we'll pop those links in the show notes for um, for anyone if they want to check those out. But I um, just want to really thank you for sharing your, your knowledge and your learnings over the years um, with us today. You're um, welcome. My yeah, pleasure. Yeah, really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben. Yep, no worries. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with today's guest, you can find their contact information in the show notes in the podcast section of our website at inspire.business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the Young Family Small Business Podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Also, do join our Facebook community. You can find that by going to youngfamilysmallbusiness.com. And if you're interested in speaking with an Inspire accountant, head to inspire.business forward slash chat, where you can book a free 20-minute strategy call. And lastly, to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on my Instagram, uh, which is the at symbol Ben Walker CA, or one word, or at Inspire underscore accountant. Thanks again, and see you next time.